Necrobuster. And they found that he's like, you know, it gets called a political band. The relation of what it be in other. When you go camping, you get to see the Milky Way galaxy. Punk rock type attitude too. We're just going to try to, you know, gross you out with our music. Yo, what's up? This is John from Noise Dosage Media bringing you some of the most innovative and unique extreme metal musicians on air to have an in-depth conversation about things you probably didn't know until now. Before we unravel this episode, we want to bring attention to our driving force of visual creativity. Begrudgingly, Benny creates one-of-a-kind creatures that you can't find anywhere else but below. His focus is on old-school style, slimy stippling that is budget-friendly for all bands or tattoo desires. Stay updated on the sludge by following at begrudgingly underscore Benny on Instagram. Wither Designs raises the dead with pen and ink and gives them new life with acidic color. Withered is eager to accompany your next album, merchandise, or zine with new kick-ass necromantic artwork. Keep up with the horde by following him at Withered underscore designs on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, let's dive into this. What is like an album that has uh, you know changed your life? Starting in the earliest days, I would say Love Gun from Kiss. Okay, and then uh, Master of Puppets. Rain and Blood, those two were pretty life-changing when I was about 15, 16. Gotcha. So um, was there anything in specific with the Kiss stuff? Was it the imagery or the music itself? or? Well, just being that age and being exposed to, you know, the blood and the fire and the, uh, at that time, what was heavy music. Yeah. How um, many... How- I mean, I'm I assuming, just, yeah, I've seen them twice and uh, they blew me away. Uh, I mean, they had like, like zip, they had zip lines and stuff. Right. I mean, now I can understand why people don't like them. And there's a lot of, you know, they get made fun of or whatever. But when you're, you know, seven years old, you know, and, and seeing that for the first time and that's kind of your exposure to music and, you know, compared to everybody else, I mean, just was uh pretty mind-blowing you know and right uh, i fell in that, that got me into music literally you know i like knew what i wanted to do from then on right on so where did that introduction start was it like your parents a neighborhood kid. uh okay yeah he was a little older than me and was listening to that stuff already been exposed to it right on and, you know, it wasn't long after that that I pretty much, you know, graduated at Judas Priest, Black Sabbath. Uh, uh, we were getting into Cheap Trick, uh, Ted Nugent, that kind of like just what was going on at the time, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that Kiss. Was- it's funny you say Kiss because like I was kind of I was kind of the same way. Like um, I got pushed more into like, you know, obviously the generic stuff like Metallica, um, Megadeth and then kiss was one of them i got a record and uh yeah i remember seeing the cover and just being like blown away like what the hell is this you know right. and i thought it was so heavy <laughs> that was before metallica and magnus so like you really did there just wasn't much else in that realm i mean you know black sabbath was going already and they were pretty scary i guess but uh you know just as far as me being seven years old and being what i was exposed to it was you know kiss and that whole thing the fire breathing the blood spitting the uh you know my great grandmother bought me a live one for wow 
<laughs> right on. So, yeah, that's funny you say that. My great grandmother absolutely despises like Ozzy. Like she she thinks he's like the root of all evil. So right. that's cool for you that she got yeah. you that. Um, right on. So, you know, I've been asking these. So I'm in the process of doing like a documentary. And these are like some of the questions, um, you know, as for like the evolution of underground extreme music, like what excites you the most about like uh, just like the evolution of this genre, like as a whole? Uh, I guess just as far as like branching out into places that haven't been exposed to it, you know, and going like, in 98 when we went to bogota colombia that was like totally unexplored territory as far as metal uh-huh. i think like napalm death and incantation were the only bands that had been there before us right uh, there might have been a few others but it wasn't many and uh like dio metallica those bands never went there you know it was like too dangerous for them or i don't even know what it was whether they were just you know, in there, like it just, they weren't exposed to it or for whatever reason, it was an untapped market, you know, and just going there and like seeing the fans and the, you know, the, them being so hungry for the metal, you know, just was an eye opener. And it just, those are the kind of shows that I like. And that's kind of like, you know, a main uh, uh, inspiration for doing this basically. Right. Right, getting out of the freaking United States. <laughs> Going off to those faraway places that aren't exposed to the metal, you know, like yeah. I just you know, here, I, I feel like uh, like seeing that there's like a scene out there. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be so. Uh, like the two things I would say is having somebody get a tattoo of like a band, like your logo on me. That would be something crazy. And like you said, uh, you know going out there and then seeing uh you know people out loving this style of music like miles and miles away even like playing mexico in 93 with overkill like people were just like killing each other just to get closer to the stage you know they were really like, you know just right. fighting to get up front and then like the the energy and the you know the passion of those fans was insane right you know, when we were we were relatively unknown at that point. I mean, we had Imperial Doom out, but, uh, you know, in, in America, you know, it just wasn't the same, you know? And so to go down there and, and play those kind of shows, this huge bull ring with, you know, packed full of people and it was crazy. Right. So, you know, you've accomplished so much with the bands you've been in. Um, I'm kind of curious as to like, other than obviously traveling to new cities, like you're just talking about, like what is something that you haven't accomplished yet that you're like pushing towards? Um, as far as places to go, I would say Australia is the only place that I really want to go that I haven't been yet. Um, well, I just, no, I mean like, as far what, as like what, what hasn't you, like eh. your band done that you're, you're pushing for. Well, there's lots of tours that, you know, I wish we could be on, of course. Um, but there's nothing I'm too great, you know, like that I'm dying to do totally, you know. Mm-hmm. I've pretty much accomplished some, you know, uh, things that, you know, like were just thoughts in my head that, 
you know, oh, that would be cool to do this one day. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, for instance, the obituary thing, the fact that I played drums and guitar and obituary one, you know, like doing some touring with them. Um, you know, in 2012, we went down to Brazil and I played second guitar for obituary. That's cool. You know, it's like, some, I, some, dude, some, I can't wait. They're coming to uh, yeah. Rochester. These guys are so cool. You know, you know, love those guys. And uh, it's just, uh, it was just something in my head where I thought, you know, one day that, you know, wow, it'd be fun to play that stuff, you know, and, and then sure enough, and just life turns around and goes through its motions and I end up, that ends up happening, you know? Yeah. And, what it's another thing like even the terrorizer thing same thing you know i was playing that album world downfall in 94 mm -hmm. and to have you know again life turn around and you know go through the motions and so one day i end up playing with the terrorizer you know it's just where you know i'm a drummer you know what i mean right uh, <laughs> brian i i think the coolest thing about you man you're like multifaceted like you you got guitar going on you got drums I mean, it, you know, it started out of necessity. It was a fact that, you know, when, where I was uh, going to high school at, it was down south of Tampa and it was north of Miami. So there was really no, there was no one else into playing music like I was in, you know, doing. So I kind of had to do it myself. You know, I was doing demos on my own and, you know, coming up with my own music, writing my own, you know, I had to write lyrics. I had to play guitar because I didn't have a guitar player that was, you know, steady and solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so would you say, would you say when you started this music, were you short drummers or guitar players? Because nowadays there's so many freaking guitar players and there's like no drummers, at least near me in Buffalo. Right. Well, I was, I kind of, you know, I guess I was officially a drummer first, you know, um, uh -huh. even, I did try to play guitar first, but uh, where I got, you know, excelled at was the drums first. And, uh, it was kind of, you know, a couple of years later than I started, you know, I went out and bought a guitar and an amp and started playing more and more just because, of, like I said, out of necessity. Yeah. What was but, your first uh, ever guitar, man? Uh, Kramer Striker. Nice. Nice. Kramers yeah. are sweet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> came up to, it was a place called Thoroughbred Music. And, uh, okay. Out of the music store around here at the time. You still have it? No, no. Damn. Good with it. Damn. Yeah, and I sold the amp in Lauderdale in probably 1989. That was in the level. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Remember what happened? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I. What's well, the funny? Like I always ask that because uh, I have a friend, uh, Doug White. He's a big guy uh, around here locally in a studio and. He sold, well, he actually had his childhood guitar stolen from him and he found it in California all the way across the country, uh, like 25 years later and bought it back, man. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Like yeah. I, uh, I don't know the childhood guitars. I have them and I, just, I don't know. I just can't sell them. <laughs> I can't right. do it. That's my first drum set five-piece slingerland okay all right so uh let's hit you with another topic you know where do you feel the uh main similarities and differences are between like the community of uh underground 
extreme music versus like i don't know like punk or country or all that um i don't know i'd say when we first started there was definitely more of a separation because it was just truly underground and and uh it was kind of like there was a, a division you know blast beats weren't really uh widely accepted and mm -hmm. you could see the division like slayer was like fast and heavy whereas now slayer is not even you know right as far as the mainstream they're just you know it's not you know now it's common for people to hear blast beats and things like that you know whereas back then it just wasn't um i don't know you know like i think with the internet and people getting you know it's easier for people to get exposed to heavy music um it's like almost like i knew our fans by name back in the 90s you know uh, now there's just so many <laughs> now there's so many you know it trips me out when we you know i go on you know i'll you see some on the internet facebook or a comment on youtube and it's like a name that i just have no you know it's like oh i love monstrosity they're great you know and it's just cool to me that you know wow people that i don't even know are listening to my music you know where it used to be you know okay i got a letter from that guy I recognize that name or you know yeah, yeah. Nashville, tennessee and like you know, Lincoln Archibald, you know, it's like, oh, I recognize that name, you know? Yeah. You know, and so where you meet people that you've written to, or you've just seen that, you know, like you kind of know the people in the scene just because it wasn't that big back then, you know? Like right. Smaller community. So um, I'm 22 years old and I just made like a zine, right? And, uh, you know, I was never into those. I mean, like, I don't know, to, to put it short, you know, I didn't know that zines were still a thing right now. And that's a whole different community in and of itself. Like I got like 15 uh, trades and I'm like, people are still doing this. Like there's this, uh, a drive in this genre and it's still, uh, it's growing and people aren't letting like print die. Right. Um, so. Good. Um, I think there'll always be some of it to a certain degree, just because people like to, you know, and like to pick up a magazine or read it or pick up something, and you know, and um, uh, like the voices from the dark side. Are you familiar with that one? No, not not that one. Well, check it out sometime, man. It was like back in the day, like you know, you'd get that that fanzine and and you could just pour through it and i mean there were just so many bands that you never heard of and it was so cool to like that's just it was just jam-packed full of bands you'd never heard of or like obviously some that you had but it was just a, a you know killer exposure to like uh you know new bands basically that you hadn't heard of and you know we used to you know back back then we were doing mail and underground fan you know tape trading and that kind of thing so you know we i remember getting the at the gates demo you know back in oh the day. man at the yeah, gates like, one of my favorites right now right they barely you know they didn't didn't even have the first album yet you know it's just a demo and like writing with them hey what's up what's going on over there <laughs> another huge huge yeah and uh but we could you know you could hear it then you know it's like these two these guys are talented they stood out you know you could tell it. same with uh opeth you know, I had that demo pretty early, you know, I was like, wow, these guys are pretty good. 
could just hear the that they were you know a little bit better than the rest you know and then you'd you know of course you'd get like 20 demos that you'd throw in the trash but, they're just horrible. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. sometimes there was cool stuff about even that stuff you know that like even the bad bands there you'd find something good in them you know right is there right. any uh is there any tapes that uh you wish you had like that you got rid of i got rid of a lot of them yeah okay. i did but uh um i still have a bunch too though i have like bags and bags and bags like cds mail that i've collected over the years and i know somewhere i i i've been trying to think of where it is but i know i've collected like i still have all the old mail like you know um you know we used to write with old funeral which was you know abbott before immortal you know like um, yeah i got letters from them somewhere i know I'm that's sweet to- that's sweet i've talked to uh the new bassist mia right right, right. She, she's really uh she's really cool she's really laid back they need to come to the states uh soon because i've yet to see them right but but yeah you know, just doing all that you know uh, the tape trading and, uh, you know, we used to go to the mailbox or the post office, which is back like these brown paper bags full, you know, full of cassettes. Uh, we'd mail off to all kinds, you know, all over the world. Right on. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see country doing that <laughs> or disco yeah, or frog music, you know, like that's why there's like radio bands to me, uh, whatever the so-called active rock bands that you know, they kind of came out uh let, let me think you know not to single anyone out like a band like saving able or, or uh you know puddle mud's a little bigger but bands right. kind of, of that nature where like you know Radio they get friendly for sure right so you come out and they you know they get pumped on a major label and you know they do their they're, you know, they're one or two albums and then they go by the wayside and, and then they, you know, they're struggling, you know, drawing the same amount of people we would, you know what I mean? Just because they didn't do that underground tape trading and like, but, really but the thing is like, I think it's more consistency. It doesn't matter. You see these, you see these bands that do, you know, the, the two albums, the one hit wonders, and then they just slowly die out. But I don't know, like when it comes to death metal and stuff, it's just consistent, man. Like there's always people there, you know, like it doesn't well, you matter. Know, you built a fan base by sending out all that mail and, and, you know, keeping the correspondence and like, you know, all right, we're doing this next. We're doing that, you know, and just being, like you said, the consistency of, you know, never going away, basically, even though we take forever between albums, we never go away. Right. Um, you know, we're playing shows or we're doing something, you know, all right, so I'm going to hit you with uh, two more. You know, uh, this is a good one that kind of ties into it. You know, how has this uh, music made, like, a significant positive impact on your life today? Pretty much is my life, you know. I mean, uh, mostly everything revolves around it. You know, everything that I do, uh, whether it's, you know, graphics, doing video, uh, recording, obviously playing the guitar, drums, bass, keyboards, learning stuff about that, Um, you know, learning gear, uh, you know, basically I'm consumed with it. Yeah. You know, I 
try to be 20, you know, like I've been getting into flying lately, you know, I've been trying to get my pilot's license going for a little flying. While. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, uh, interesting. That, that's different. You know, that's something that's not music related that I've been doing lately. But, uh, do you think there's any similarities between, uh, playing like a huge show and, uh, hopping in a helicopter? <laughs> well, uh, as far as like, you know, when you're like flying, adrenaline, there's maybe? a saying in, in, in flying called keeping ahead of the airplane. And it, I, you know, it's a, an analogy I can use in the music where you're like keeping, you know, keep ahead of the music. You know what I mean? Know what's coming next. And, and so you don't drop your parts, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, it's just something like that, you know, I would, but it, otherwise not really, you know, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I've I haven't heard that. I mean, other than freaking Iron Maiden, uh, that that is sweet. Yeah, so it's definitely fun. The last thing I will uh, hit you with is, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit more back in the day. You know, what did you feel like was the most rewarding part about uh, doing things DIY with all of your projects? Well, um, it was harder because, you know, we didn't have like the help of, you know, uh, even in a major underground label. Um, we were doing it ourselves as far as, you know, getting the word out originally. And then, um, you know, I was in Malevolent Creation in 89 and we had kind of done the, we did the demo and sent it out through the mail and, and doing that kind of thing. We were just kind of like getting into that stuff. and right i was right at the point of you know doing the record deal with roadrunner when i left that band so i was kind of like right there so when monstrosity got together i kind of knew the steps to take to get monstrosity to that point so you know within i'd say six or seven months of recording or not even just forming the band we, you know we had a record deal so things moved pretty quick as far as that goes um so but at the same time there was just so many bands that we were competing with you know on the record label that it was kind of hard to stand out and uh you know after that things took more of like i would say went back to like a diy approach whereas you know i was doing my own label and uh keeping ownership of the of the masters and things like that you know a lot yeah. of the bands a lot of those early bands, you know, they signed, you know, a nine year or a nine album record deal and they own, you know, it's basically like a bank where they're getting, they get the money to record the album, but they don't own the album. You know, the record label owns the album forever. And yeah, they take they everything. You know, there's friends of mine that, you know, they're, they can't release their first albums because, you know, they don't own them and they have no control over them. Whereas luckily, you know, um, I have control over all of our, you know, the monstrosity album. So that's, you know, one thing it's a little bit of a setback because, you know, uh, when they own it, they tend to, you know, milk it more. Oh yeah. I could just imagine like napalm scum. It's still making money today. Right. You know, yeah, if, if they still. didn't have the, I'm assuming they have the rights to that album, but if they didn't, wow. Uh, I, would... I bet I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Eric still has those rights, you know. 
Yeah. Damn. Because that's how the record deals were back, especially back then, you know. And uh, it was probably even worse in the 70s because those, it was like, there weren't like the underground labels, you know, the may, I will call them a major underground labels. They're just, they weren't there, you know, there was, it was either major label or nothing. So mm-hmm. there was, it was, it was a hard, hard to get through the door, you know, a lot harder. Whereas right. once, once in like in the eighties, once the underground label thing started to happen, there were a lot more bands that could get, were getting exposed and getting signed and things like that. And then in the nineties, it became like everybody had a label and a band, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it came like, you know, and now there's the internet. So everybody's got their 10 minutes of fame, you know? So. Yeah. 